My name is Julie Kraft and I have bipolar 2 disorder. I'm Shaylee Hugendorn and I live with bipolar 2 disorder. I was diagnosed 10 years ago at the age of 36. I was told of my diagnosis and I remember being relieved but also terrified. I know um, the perceptions and the stigma that goes along with it. I started sharing my story about four or five years ago. I decided to come forward and start sharing. It's led to me meeting the most amazing people walking the same path. So we had talked about collaborating. My greatest hope is that others will hear our stories and feel less alone. We can offer insight and give the world a real life living example of what bipolar disorder can look like. This is bipolar. This is Bipolar. Hi everybody, welcome to episode two of This is Bipolar. My name is Shaylee Hugendorn and I am a wife and a mama and a teacher and a mental health advocate. I also live with Bipolar 2 disorder and I am passionate about telling stories and smashing stigma. And I am Julie Kraft. I think it's fair to say I'm equally as passionate about advocating, um, sharing my bipolar two journey. I'm also a wife, a mom to three girls, um, mm -hmm. an artist, an author. And so this stage of my life, I'm just really excited to be able to use some of those um, passions mm -hmm. of mine and pour them into my advocacy efforts. So thrilled to be here, thrilled to be co-host of this show slash podcast and excited to share. Yeah, yeah. Before we get started, um, we just want to say, you know, thank you. We had launch week last week and um, so many of you poured your heart out to us and supported us. And honestly, that just, that just keeps us going. And when we get nervous about what we're doing or um, we wonder if it's going out to, to interweb nowhere, um, it reminds us that that this is important work. So we just wanted to say thank you. If you haven't heard that episode, it's pretty juicy. So I would go back and listen. <laughs> Embarrassing photos included. And I'll <laughs> echo what Shaylee said. Um, it is, it can be nerve wracking putting yourself out there, but to get the positive feedback and comments, it puts the wind in our sails to keep going, um, fuels our fire. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, we ended the last one kind of where we were like getting into our twenties and meeting our husbands. I think you talked a little bit about meeting, um, him. So maybe I'll start with talking about how I met mine. Yes. So, we need to hear your love story. Da, da, da. <laughs> so, um, if you heard the last one, there was the like life shattering heartbreak of the broken uh, engagement. Um, <laughs> soon after, uh, I came home and I um, I didn't uh, go back to my rental space. I ended up moving in with my parents for a bit just because I I, I wasn't functioning and mm. um, I didn't know I didn't know what to do with myself. So I was actually coming back from a summer job when it happened. I was in um, Seashells and I came back and I was supposed to be going to university and I did. Um, I was awake for just the classes pretty much. And in fact, 
it's very dramatic when I came back because on the way back, I stayed a night in Vancouver and my whole bag of clothes got stolen. No. Then two weeks later, because of like not eating and feeling all weird and just, um, you know, the state I was in, I fainted. <laughs> And I like, I uh, broke my nose kind of, it was no. all, yeah, Aww, yeah, really? yeah. So not only did I not want to go into public because I knew everybody and they knew us and I didn't want to, people ask and then I have to tell the story again. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, so I remember um, just lying in, in my bed one day and I just remember, you know, pleading with God please don't make me go through this again. Like, I don't think my heart or my body can handle this. And I was like, so dramatic, like, I'm not going to date. Please let the last next one be my husband. Right. And um, yeah. And then I started, go, I went back to my church and I went to a young adults group and um, I had been friends with Rob all, all along. We had um, done, we taught grade nine, like hung out in youth group and we were like the leaders and we just really really got along and in fact um because uh, i was in a relationship it was really comfortable and easy to talk about everything because there was no uh, you know tension or anything like that and so we were literally becoming best friends Aww. and um we just started hanging out more and more. And it was funny because we had this young adults group and slowly people, you know, in your twenties, like moving away or this or that. And then near the end, there was like, just us. <laughs> and so like, we would go to the drive-in or the movies. And I remember one thing um, shortly after I started going out in, in public again, I think it was like a couple weeks. Um, I saw him of all places at the pool. I thought I wouldn't see anyone at the pool going to Aquafit with my mom, but of course <laughs> I saw the pool. And I remember that he just, I had to say something cause they asked where, where um, my ex was. And I remember he just hugged me and, Aww. and was just, um, yeah, just so kind. And I, many people acted awkward, but he, he didn't. And then we just started hanging it hanging out and like slowly over a little bit I was talking to a friend and she's like you cannot stop talking about Rob and I was like I know and then I knew that I needed to make some kind of move because I knew he would get off at like five and I remember I would watch the clock and it'd be like can I call him it's 505 no Aww. I should wait till 515 no I should wait till 530 and so then um yeah, I told him and luckily he felt the same way. And um, our relationship was, it was, it grew, it was pretty fast because we already had like two years of friendship and knowing everything about each other. So we were engaged within like eight months and wow. then like married a year and a half later. So. I have a quick question. So you mentioned that you knew him before. Yeah. Um, did he know of any of your struggles or anxieties? Had he walked through any of that with you? Um, were you able to share that or did um, you then tell him after you guys sort of got romantically involved? Well, I think he didn't, I think he saw some of the depression, 
right? Because I was having a hard time going out and stuff like that. When, yeah. when I was first um, back, they would invite me to all the young adult things and I declined for a while, which was confusing to people because I, I'm up for anything. Yeah. I'm an extreme extrovert. And so he probably saw the sad side, but probably just um, situational, right? Probably yeah. just assumed it was, it was situational. And as I came out of it, um, I think he really enjoyed the, you know, the excited, um, yeah. excited me because I, I did come out of it fairly quickly. I think it was something that uh, was clearly supposed to happen. And yeah. I thought I was mourning more the idea than the actual relationship. So yeah, he, I would say, um, he didn't until the year, like after we were engaged, we moved um, down here and we lived together before we got married. And I think that winter before the wedding, um, um, I, I think he would have noticed the depression. Yeah. So you mentioned meeting your husband in the last one. Um, yes. How fast did you get married? Tell me about that a little bit. Well, we, um, yeah, I mentioned a little bit before. Um, also, we had a very fast-paced relationship. We had known each other a little bit as friends, and then I went through a terrible breakup, and he sort of was on the other side of that. And from the minute that we reconnected till the altar saying our I do's, it was seven months to the day, so very quick. And he had no idea about any of my mental health struggles, my anxieties, um, none of that until we started dating. But I think when you start dating, you're falling in love. You want to put your best foot forward, your best face forward. And so there were little red flags here and there, but he's now said to me, all of those flags that you threw up while we were dating, I just figured you were maybe a little insecure. I figured, you know, it was just a matter of me building you up with your confidence and then we would all be good. But um, yes, for the most part, those seven months were pretty smooth sailing. And I think once we did get married though, I think the mask drops, you can't really hide all of your moods all the time. So that's really when the real me uh, started showing through. So that's in a little bit of a nutshell, um, that's our relationship. But like you, very quick, um, I knew everything clicked as far as, you know, our, our faith and how we viewed the world and what we wanted out of our lives. So seven months, you know, my kids asked me, mom, how did you know? Or that's lightning fast. But I just said, you know what? Even though I was 21 at the time, when you know, you know. We've talked about how um, we feel strongly about things and when we make decisions, we go after it and there's no change yeah. in our minds. I'm curious about, um, and I don't think we have the answers to it, but I'm curious about if our um, bipolar uh, fed into that a little bit, like the rush. I remember I was pretty, uh, like I was ready. I was, yeah. do you know what I mean? I was this, 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 and fast. So, um, yeah, luckily we're both still with our husbands, but, yeah. um, yeah, it was, it was quite fast, but I, I, I'm curious, I'm curious about that. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure about your husband. My, my husband is the opposite of me in the best possible way. So he's very, um, I'll say stable, and I mean that in the best possible way, but very even keeled. He's exactly what I needed. Um, 
very funny, kind-hearted guy, but he is basically um, my constant, my rock. And so for him to get just as caught up in the romance and I keep going back to the fact that he picked me. Even though I flew up the red flags, um, you know, seven months was his timeline too. And so I think yeah. even the two of us being so opposite and me being wildly passionate about everything in my life to feel that, to know that he also was okay with that super fast, lightning fast timeline. Um, I think then I really think, you know, wow. So is your husband same as you or, you know? <laughs> no, no. So I'm like the artist and the creative, although he can definitely be those. He is actually a biologist. He's a scientist. Wow. So, um, yeah, and he, when we met, he was much more, uh, like, I was just starting university, I knew I wanted to be a teacher, but I was just, like, kind of figuring things out, and he was, he's five years older, so he was done his um, degree and had, like, his career, and so I think, like, he was more grounded, and I think that I clung to that uh, a little bit, but then I brought out fun things in him so same as you um and when people meet us sometimes they're like oh you know because he's a bit more reserved too but as soon as you get to know him you know he's not he's not yeah. serious and he's super fun and funny but yes definitely definitely opposites um i don't know how if there was two of us like in terms of personality and all the things how that how that would work out i want to go back to you've mentioned a few times and it's intriguing to me um what are these red flags that you speak of okay red flags well one of my symptoms all throughout high school too was just overthinking and if i didn't hear from someone still to this day if i don't hear back on a text my mind will automatically default to the worst possible conclusion, you know, they must hate my guts, I must have done something. And so it took a lot of reassuring on his part to calm that part of my mind. And then a few dramatic reactions. Um, I just remember at one point I was ready, 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 <laughs> ready to take my entire makeup bag and throw it out of the window of his truck and call off the wedding over some minor disagreement. And so overreactions to things um those were a lot of the red flags and he would just sit there and say i don't understand this dramatic reaction i love you you're yeah. my best friend i want to spend the rest of my life with you um can we just talk this through and yeah. so thank goodness i didn't throw my makeup yeah <laughs> window, a lot of money. settle down um, <laughs> those type of reactions but you know and i've asked him too why didn't you run for the hills you know uh, do you regret being stuck with me. And that's what I say to myself in my moments of deepest insecurity. And he said, I was falling madly in love with you mm -hmm. unconditionally. And so none of those things scared me off. Um, I knew I needed a little excitement in my life. And I knew if I married you, life would never be boring. So dramatic reactions, um, insecure reactions, those were the red flags that I threw up. But thank goodness he stuck around. And I think I have to keep reminding myself of that. Everybody has something. We yeah. all have our issues and our reactions and we all need to learn to, you know, get along with each other or figure out how we're each wired. And so um, 
I can now be confident and think, thank goodness, you know, he stuck around. Of course he stuck around and, you know, he's not perfect either. So yes, yes. Yeah. We had this discussion. Yes. We talked about how some people have said hurtful things in the past. And we yeah. talked about how sometimes um, either we get the vibe or some people flat out say it, like, how do they put up with you? Yeah. Or you're so lucky they stuck around or, or things like that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure people have said some, some I've probably overthink, overthinked, <laughs> over the word we make, <laughs> we make up words. I made up, let's go with that. Um, but yeah, I think that it's beautiful. And I think we both talked about that. We like to focus on all the positivity that, that we bring and, um, that we are not someone to be managed. We, yeah. we are, um, we are very lovable. Very lovable. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I wanted to talk a lot about, I mean, there was a lot of years there for both of us in between that and our diagnosis, but I was wondering if you could walk me through, um, kind of what, uh, kind of what, a. a a week would look like? I know we've talked about things and ours is very different about cycles, but um, I'm very curious about how uh, it presented in your life physically and in your thought life. Um, you know, it, in the in that span of years, was it different every year, day, week? I would love to hear. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So you had mentioned just um, in terms of a cycle or being able to predict your highs and your lows, um, I could never do that. And then throw into that, we had a lot of change. So within a mm. year of being married, we moved from Canada down to Seattle. Okay. I became pregnant. We gave birth. Well, I gave birth. <laughs> My husband was there um, to our first daughter. Um, and then within eight months of that, we moved again to California. So a lot of physical moving and that was very emotional too. My symptoms presented as just overwhelming daily, constant 24 seven anxiety. And then as a young mom, those anxieties, uh, a lot of them revolved around my daughter, um, heading out in public, um, doing those mommy and me play dates, joining mom's groups. And so I had trouble doing all of those things as a teenager, phone calls were difficult, setting boundaries were difficult. So once I was married and became a mom, you need to deal with phone calls. And if you are gonna set up a play date, you know, you've got to communicate with people. So all of those things were a struggle. Add into that becoming a new mom, um, moving away and not having close friends. And so in those early years, um, you know, my symptoms were really ongoing. And then of course I would have my periods of mania, which mostly presented as bursts of explosive creativity. So I would, you know, a lot of it was we would move and have a new apartment. So I remember painting an entire Noah's Ark mural on my daughter's wall. So exciting times like that. And then the depressive episodes that I would experience, um, thank goodness I had a baby. So I just used her as my excuse to hide away, you know? And so we watched Teletubbies and Blue's Clues. I'm aging myself now, but um, I was able to kind of hide behind my daughter a lot of the time. And so as a young mom, that's how my life sort of looked like. And then our second daughter was born within three and a half years. We moved yet again. Um, we were in California at the time. And so 
I just remember a lot of anxiety and we did have certain friendships, but always that constant worry and that did continue right up until um, my diagnosis. Question for you, for our listeners um, that don't, we throw around this word anxiety now, like, yeah. a, like a daily thing. Um, we, everybody talks about, about having anxiety. I'd love to hear um, just uh, the depth of our anxiety is a lot different. And I would love to hear, you said you have anxiety about like the phone calls or going out or those kinds of things. Can you tell me what's, what's going on in your head? What, you know, overthinking, what are you yeah. thinking about these things? What was your, your, your core fear or. If right. you know and thank goodness now being in my forties, I've had a lot of time and through, you know, therapy, I've had a lot of time to look back and reflect mm -hmm. and I've been able to pinpoint a few reasons why. And so the phone calls mm -hmm. and the spur of the moment invitations, it was because I could never say no or set a boundary. I felt like saying no to someone would destroy our relationship or seem selfish on my part. And so what was happening was I was either avoiding the phone altogether or emails because yeah. I just didn't have the strength or the tools to answer. Mm -hmm. um, or I would answer and in that moment say yes to whatever that person wanted, whether it was, you know, donating one of my organs or once I took on a job to faux paint a woman's living room, I made a complete mess of her living room. I spilt paint everywhere. And so thank goodness now I've come to a place where I know uh, when I should say no. And I also have equipped myself with tools so that phone calls aren't as life-threatening and so not being able to say no and set boundaries was basically the underlying reason of why I was so terrified and threatened by phone calls the other thing the fears of I had fears of getting gas I had fears of driving and in California you need to take eight freeways to get anywhere so a lot of those anxieties came out because of the fear of the unknown so getting gas was always a fear, but once my husband took me to the gas station, walked me through it, the minute I've done something once and I'm familiar with it, the anxiety is gone. So for me, it's the, um, the challenge is getting through that initial fear, but once I've driven on a road and I know I'm not gonna get lost, and I will say I was a speaker at one of your amazing events and I had never driven to that part of Canada, the lower mainland. And so I think I arrived in a world upstate and I just said like, Shaylee, I'm going to need a few minutes to calm down because I was driving in an unfamiliar area. I had never been there, but the minute now, if I needed to come to the same place, anxiety is low or very minimal. Same with, um, you know, parking, even parking, parallel parking, can't do it to save my life. But if someone takes the time to say, Here's where you're going to park. You're going to need $2. There's a meter. The minute I know those details, the anxiety is dealt with. So I had a lot of anxiety, just fear of the unknown. And then a lot of it was just insecurity and self-esteem. And I don't know if just with the years I've grown more confident. Um, and it's funny since coming forward with my journey, I am far more confident in everything. And I think I've realized even if I did, have to attempt parallel parking 20 times, I'm able to say, not my gift. 
give me a canvas and some paints and I'll knock that out of the park, but make me actually try yeah. to park, um, it's not going to happen. So those are some of the root causes. But yes, when we're talking about anxiety, I mean, this was to the point where my mind could never relax, even on holiday. And now to realize that was so much of that was inside here. And, you know, so much of where I am today is, is learning to deal with my yeah. brain. Yeah, I am. Um, one of the things that um, parking is also is also a thing for me, big time. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially if I get a new vehicle and I'm not sure quite how, I remember when I got a van, how long it is or that kind of thing. And I, uh, I would, yeah, I'd panic or I would do a terrible job. Um, and then parallel parking, I was awesome when I first got my license or whatever. And I could probably <laughs> parallel park if there was zero people around. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but I get all stressed out. And I think just in case there's people um, listening that are trying to figure out if their anxiety um, is... Uh, needing to look into their anxiety as being more as regular or situational anxiety yeah. is how it impact does it impact your daily life and I hear you saying that and um, I think some of the things that I was listening to um, one of my friends podcasts we should record this last night and the therapist was talking and she was talking about our brains and how we have the amygdala in yeah. there and how when when that gets the message that we're scared or nervous or something, it can't figure out if we're getting chased by a bear or about to get in an accident or if we're nervous getting gas. And so oh, it sends yeah. messages to your body to do the things for the worst case scenario. So when we say we're having anxiety, we're talking about um, like the type of anxiety that you have when the very worst thing is happening for a very small thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And for me, I didn't realize I, I didn't realize that it was anxiety because I, uh, I was out and about. I was, in fact, when I had kids, I was even more scared to be uh, a home at home um, wow. and alone. So I would be up and showered and out with those kids. Like, even though they were eight, they were 21 months, 22, whatever, they were about two years apart. Um, and I was out and everyone's like, oh, look at Shaylee, you know, you're so, you know, you're always out, you're showered or whatever. But that was wow. a coping mechanism for me to not be home with anxious thoughts. But I didn't recognize the anxiety because mine doesn't present as big fears of things. Mine presents as um, my biggest one is making the wrong decision. So I work backwards. So, and it, it served me well in some things until it didn't. Um, I think backwards and I think that helps me with teaching and event planning and things I do. I think of the absolute worst thing that could happen or all the things that could happen to go wrong. And I work backwards of how I could avoid those, right? And so um, the only problem with that is that I couldn't possibly think of everything. And then when those things did happen, like, I remember just being so upset with myself if like I didn't have, maybe I forgot the change of clothes for the baby or I didn't have sunscreen or I didn't have, it's just like in my head, I'd be like, you are so, like, how could you not think of that? 
This is all your fault. You know, how could you not, you didn't have enough snacks, you, you know, those kind of things. And I would beat myself up about it. Um, and, or, or if I plan an event, cause I actually am the opposite of you. I ran a mom's group. <laughs> because I wanted to be with people all the time. When I'm with people, I can, uh, I felt more normal because uh, I could catastrophize when I was alone. Like I could take my thoughts to keep going. Whereas if I was with other people, I could keep it under wraps. And I didn't know that till, till a lot later. But um, also it presented in anger. And um, mostly with my husband or my parents or people that were close to me, not so much with my children, um, just because I'm a kid person, like that state, like, I always wish I could go back like that stage, like yeah. zero to like grade two is like my jam. Now, wow. now is another story. And we're going to talk about, do a whole episode on motherhood. Yeah. But yeah. it was, my anxiety was hard to um, diagnose because usually my anxiety was in hypomania and it was usually like I'm frustrated with people that can't give up keep up I'm frustrated yeah. with people that you know with the ideas I'm indecisive so I'm actually frustrating people because we will talk like my husband and we'll talk about it we'll come to a decision and then I'll be like but what about and then I'll backtrack and want to make a different decision or not sure and he's like wait a minute we just made it and I'm like yeah but we didn't think of all the worst case scenarios right and yeah. so it took me a long time because I didn't have like uh, they show it on tv and things like that of just being scared of things but mine it was really um reassuring to me when I once you know when I was diagnosed or when I did start understanding that this anger is because of different hormones in my body and not just that yeah. I was a terrible angry person because already you're not supposed to be angry like as a woman right and then second yeah. in the church like you, you know you're meek and what I, I was not the opposite of 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 meek and so which leads me to asking you um, we, we've even had to look up uh, what this means because, um, people throw around the terms so, um, easily. Yeah. Um, we were, we were talking earlier about anxiety attacks and panic attacks and panic attacks are something that most people with mental health, um, issues have anxiety attacks are usually, um, from what I understand, not a doctor, also not a great memory. Um, uh, anxiety is usually like situational or panic is the whole thinking that you know you're in this situation and your brain is shutting down and can't make good decisions so my question to you is did you have panic attacks you know what more did your anxiety look like this is fascinating and I know we're friends and hosts and we talk all the time, but I think this is so amazing for myself, but also our listeners to be able to hear two very different experiences of bipolar two and how it presents as wives and moms, because for people out there, I just assumed everyone had the same sort of symptoms, but as far as actual panic attacks, and what I've read of what they are, I don't believe I've ever actually had an episode or a panic attack wow. where I could pinpoint. For me, it was just this overwhelming, always present 
fears, anxieties, and insecurities. And you know, my husband once asked me, could you please do a brain dump of all of the thoughts, worries, fears spinning around your head? And I was just shooting them out. And I got to the end when I finished, it was quite a while. And he just said, how, how do you live like that? every single day must be such a struggle and it was and i kind of just figured that everyone at least had some of those and he said i don't think of any of those ever i don't give a wow. second thought to how i walk down the street i don't give a second thought to which leg goes in front of the other at the restaurant if the waitress gave me a certain look or didn't take my order quick enough i thought she's she hates me. She hates me. We have to leave the restaurant. Let's go. She's going to spit in my food. And so I think once I opened up and shared that with my husband and found out that not everybody lives with that level of anxiety, it really, that was actually part of me sort of realizing, you know what, maybe this isn't everyone's experience. And maybe I do, maybe this anxiety is on a next level, another level where I need to get some help. But as far as actual panic attacks, I don't think I've ever had one. How about you? Yeah, I uh, I can hear what you're saying. I can have days where it feels like it's in my chest and up here. I wake up and I feel my heart's a bit and I feel like everything is very urgent. Like if I think of someone and I, I think of something that has been done or something I've forgotten, it is so urgent and uh, I, I, afterwards I usually feel guilt or whatever because I have to get a hold of that person and I, I was better with uh, friends but like my parents are calling at weird hours or waking up my husband because this is these things are are so urgent and it could be like uh, or like I had to buy something immediately otherwise this would you know change my life and I think that a lot of it was trying to escape the anxiety so back to panic attacks yeah it would it it, it comes in my body first Wow. And I, I'm, um, I've now learned as a teacher, we talk about sensory um, issues. And I was like, it gave me words because when I am anxious, it's like too hot or too cold or too itchy or too. And I feel like everything's coming at me. Like everything feels aggressive. Like the sun is aggressive, like noises. And I just, I can't focus. And um, my rationale goes and I'm just trying to stop feeling like this. So I'll do anything to stop feeling like this. Luckily, I had a good support system because I always say like, I absolutely understand why people get into addictions because honestly, if I didn't have the support systems I had and when I was feeling my worst, if you would have said this would make you feel better, yeah. I don't know if I didn't have support, yeah. I, I might've done that. I have complete passion for that. And so that was kind of like the ongoing anxiety, but the panic attack, it was when I would have trouble breathing I would get nauseous. I kept taking pregnancy tests, even though I knew I wasn't pregnant because I couldn't understand why I was nauseous and couldn't eat all day. But that was, that was a state of anxiety. Um, and it's really in my chest and I, I have trouble breathing. That's why a lot of people think they're having heart attacks. Yeah. Um, and, and when they're having, when they're having a panic attack and actually I'll wait till my next, the next episode when we do right up to leading to our diagnosis to yeah. walk you through my most infamous <laughs> panic attack. See, this is so even for me, because I've never had one to hear you hear the term panic attack, even, you know, if someone says, and for someone like me that hasn't experienced it, 
it's so easy for me to say, you know, here, have a drink of water, take a deep breath, you're fine. But to actually hear you articulate exactly how you're feeling, this just gives a whole new level of insight. And I think this is going to help those people alongside or our friends to sort of, even if they can understand what it's like. So thank yeah. you. Oh, thank you. Living in a constant, I, I can't imagine. I think too, like, that's where I can tie in where the anger comes from is because the not understanding or the, even though um, people that love me, I can, I can listen now a bit um, and medicated now I can, I can uh, take a step back. But during it, if you told me to calm down yeah. or that I'm being dramatic or here's a glass of water, uh, I'm good thing. Good thing. Water is going in like, no, like, and I think that's where the anger comes in is, is not under like not feeling misunderstood. That's like one of my, uh, like, you know how you have, um, big lies that you tell yourself. Yeah. One of them is being misunderstood. And before we end this episode, I wanted to just talk about, we, we didn't quite get to um, the feelings of depression. So we'll bring that in the next one because right. the anxiety one is, uh, there's so much to share about that. Um, right. uh, one thing I was wondering, we've talked about this before, in that period, okay, so before, because um, how many years? Before, from when you got married, you got diagnosed 13 years, I believe. I was 36, married when I was 21. I've never been good at math. So we'll let the listeners, uh, the viewers figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> fun thing, fun thing. Too many years. And that's yeah. one of the things that I look back with and I, you know, can have a good cry about just all of those years that it took for me to get to a place of getting help, but it was, it was far too long. It's all part of my journey, but I think back and just, wow, that was a lot of hurt and heartache that I probably could have um, prevented. And so I think that's part of one of the biggest reasons why I'm coming forward. If I can help even one person, and I think for us to describe what life looked like before, if I can help even one person sit back after watching this and go, wow, she kind of described the way I'm living right now. And it's really been a struggle. Um, you know, that's part of the reason that I'm out here, but 13 long years. In those years, what I'm wondering, and I know we've talked about this before, in those years, did you, was the narrative inside your head, um, everyone else feels like this, this is normal, or was it, I'm different, there's something wrong, you know, which, which one, yeah. or did you go back and forth? Great question. <laughs> I think it was maybe a bit of both. And it was all overshadowed, I think, by this tremendous amount of pride that I had. And so that prevented me, I think, from talking about it, from reaching out to find out if other people lived that way. Um, my husband was really my only sounding board, but I don't even know if he understood how much I was struggling. So for me, I always knew. I, I, I knew that there was a better way to live. I knew, um, especially um, in the depressions, I knew other people didn't, because I put feelers out there. I wasn't, yeah. I, I didn't, I had a half mask. Yeah. right because I would put Phantom. things out there <laughs> um 
I would put things out there like, you know, I'm feeling really, really down or I feel like that makes me really, really nervous, but I didn't have like the language or, um, and other people didn't understand that, that it was next level, but I all, I, I did know, and I did, um, throughout, uh, times, um, went for help at different times. It wasn't like leading up to the big diagnosis. I went on um, antidepressants in university. They did nothing. So um, I, but it was on and off. And it was during, I always reached out for help during the depressive episodes because I thought I was just depressed because I didn't understand that in the hypomania, it was such a beautiful time compared to the depression that I didn't see the anxiety or any of those symptoms because it was so much better that I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't care to look into that because I just didn't want to feel like that. And so I think, um, one of the things that we need to cover, um, on our next episode is really what a depressive episode is because it's so much easier for us to talk about the anxiety and the mania because it's really, interesting (laughs) and I think people understand that a little bit less so we will definitely go into that um so much to go into yeah so much so much sharing um thank you again for being honest I know I'm just uh, I think that the way that we uh communicate together people probably think we've been friends for years and years and years but a lot of what you're saying is new to me and so taking that in and just feeling feeling for you and just um yeah thank you with all of that happening to you the fact that you're here and sharing and turning it into into something beautiful don't make me cry okay it's a miracle i haven't cried but i feel the same you know yes we know each other but i think it's beautiful that we're learning you know i'm learning right along with the the listeners right now and i wouldn't know any of this if you weren't willing to come forward and share and i think we both realize the value if we don't come forward and open up our minds for the rest of the world to hop in um People will never get that um, greater understanding of what it's like to live with a bipolar two brain. So mwah, right back at you. That is our deepest hope, right? That is our deepest hope to comfort those or encourage them to get help, but also teach people that that just don't understand. So thank you for being here, everybody. And um, keep tuned because it's, it's going to get much more interesting. <laughs> yes.